by finances, investing, estate, and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and with Kathy and Jennifer. Welcome to Finances and Financial Anxiety. We're getting very close to the holidays. And for most people, holidays should be a time for joy, but for a lot of us, it's actually a time where, you know, you're trying to manage keeping our jobs. You're trying to, we're trying to keep our sanity and keep track of our finances. So today we thought we'd remind you of some ways to help minimize some of your financial anxiety. Some of the signs that we're going to talk today about are the same as generalized anxiety, but we were going to really focus on the financial stressors and then the signs of that. So for example, you might be feeling depressed or anxious about money. Or you might find yourself overspending. And in contrast to overspending, you might actually have an obsession with being frugal instead. You could also have some discomfort with accumulating wealth or relying completely on others to handle your finances. A few other might be your inability to change your financial behaviors, even though you have some incentives to do so. Maybe it will help you feel better, but you still have that inability to change it. Or Another way that you could show it is it repeatedly giving money to adult children or other members of your family. So these things happen at all income levels. They can be, they happen across all races and genders. And Northwestern Mutual found that 85% of Americans report feeling some level of financial anxiety, but they can be overcome along with finding your triggers and finding your own coping mechanisms to help with this. So often these often these anxieties start in childhood. They could be they could come from watching how your parents handle money or how they don't handle money. These are our first look at how we should react to finances. And like anything, we're learning from what we see our parents doing. And if we see them struggling in some way, it makes sense that we feel like that's what finances are. It's a struggle for you. Or we see them overspending. Well, that's just what you do. You just spend on your credit card or you see them being very, very frugal. And so that you grow up thinking, well, that's a a thing that you should be. I know that for myself, I've definitely adopted some of the things I've seen as a child. And I think that's fairly typical, right? We share our religion with our children. We share our education with our children. We share how we deal with money with our children. And so it's just one more thing that we're able to teach them, whether we're meaning to teach them or not. Mm -hmm. Losing your job or a foreclosure can actually trigger some of these anxieties. And trying to make the holidays seem unforgettable is another way that that can trigger anxiety in people. They sort of fall back into poor spending choices, feeling like they're going to miss out somehow if you don't overspend. In the book, The Art of Money by Barry Tesler, he suggests to schedule time to focus on your finances on a regular basis. And that that includes during the holiday season as well. And to make sure that you're doing that focusing with your partner if you have one, and especially if you have shared accounts. Yeah, that's good advice. It's really easy to get overwhelmed if you don't do that on a regular basis. If you let that pile up, then it can seem overwhelming. We actually respond with the same fight, flight, or flop reaction as with any source of stress. So this can include having or feeling an increase in your heart rate, higher blood pressure, as well as altering your mood, your memory, and immune response. Laura Choi from the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco reminds us that any financial anxiety whether it's ongoing debt, insufficient income, and even other emotional distress can bring on these feelings. 
This same stress, according to Iowa State University, when you are exposed to it chronically, makes us vulnerable to feeling trapped in a self-perpetuating cycle of adverse life circumstances, and that just causes poor health. They did research with college students as well, and they found that financial stress in their daily lives, including school expenses, credit card spending, student loan debt, and even employment after graduation caused them a great deal of stress, which led to poor health in many of them. So these financial stressors can lead to poor health. Like Kathy said, it can lead to things like insomnia. If you're up all night worrying about bills that you have to pay, it can lead to weight gain or weight loss. It also includes feelings of depression and even relationship troubles. And especially if you're in a relationship where you don't agree on how to handle financial situations. People who experience financial stress can also start to socially withdraw and they'll start to pull into an isolating shell. They might have physical troubles like head and stomach problems, as well as blood pressure and diabetes. And it could also lead to drinking, gambling and overeating problems as well. One of the foremost authorities on financial therapy, and that includes then anxiety that people are feeling, is Dr. Brad Klontz. And he shared five tips for dealing with financial anxiety. The first one is to know that you're not alone. Your financial situation is not going to kill you, but financial stress could Seven out of 10 adults say that money is their number one source of stress, regardless of their gender. The good news is that financial security is not tied to the amount of money you have, but how well you manage it. That management is within your control. The second is to take a break. So allowing your mind to spin out of control is only going to cause more stress. Instead, find some relaxing activities that you could do. You could clear your mind by doing some simple tasks like taking a walk, listening to music, read a book, take deep breaths. These are just like simple little things that can help you take a break from your financial anxiety that you might have going on. These will all slow your heart rate, decrease your blood pressure, and even lower your stress hormones. All of this will give you the ability to think more clearly and make better financial choices. Now, these next two are intertwined and they might even sound like they're opposite of each other, but they're not. The first one is catastrophic thinking is just damaging for you. I'll never get out of debt. I'll be poor forever. I'll never make enough money. He says that all of these irrational thoughts are exaggerated and only create more stressful emotions. There is a protective mechanism that we have that we create so that if you can imagine the worst and it doesn't happen, you start to feel relieved because the worst didn't happen to us. But the problem with that is that our unconscious mind can't always tell the difference between what's real and imagined with our stress and then how our body reacts to that stressor. Along with that, the next one is to actually play out the worst case scenario. So you often hear, what's the worst that could happen? I like using this because generally your financial situation is not life-threatening, but the stress it causes can be. Look at your fears by examining them. You're experiencing a form of exposure therapy that can help you keep it in perspective. He recommends playing it out. If you lost your job, although that's very bad, what's going to happen next? You can use your emergency fund. If you were to lose your house, that's a really bad situation that you don't want to be in. But what would happen next? You could move in with family or friends. Not ideal, but it's not the end of the world. So these are not desirable. They're not what you want in the moment, 
but they're also not life-threatening. So they're inconvenient. It's something that you can still manage. They seem like they're the same thing. But what he's trying to say is that catastrophic thinking is, oh no, chicken little, the sky is falling. Woe is me. Nothing can be done. That, of course, he's not recommending. What he is recommending is using a logical outcome, asking yourself, well, if this does happen, what would happen next? And how can I either plan for that or avoid it? One of the statements is I'll never or I'll always or I can't. And that's different than what if I lost my job? One is just negative thinking and the other is planning or planning to avoid a possible outcome. And the last one that he suggests is ask for help. When you lack the confidence in your own ability to face challenges, your anxiety is going to rise. You're already working on this by listening here. You're building your basic financial literacy. There are financial therapists who can help you with not only your mental health, but also your financial health. They will be able to help you tackle your personal financial challenges. You can find these financial therapists online at the Financial Therapy Association or FTA at their website, which is financialtherapyassociation.org. So don't let your holiday plans be a part of any financial anxiety. Instead, plan ahead, do what you can, and accept that every year is not going to look the same. Every year is going to be different, and your planning will help ease some of your financial anxiety. So you're already working on making better choices by being here and listening and educating yourself. So keep up the good work. Thanks for listening to Finances and Financial Anxiety. We know you chose to listen and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share and consider leaving a review because it helps bring financial education to others and it helps them find us more easily. Please let us know what questions you'd like answered, like my neighbor, by going on to our website at financesand.net. You can now find the infographics for these topics here and in the show notes and at our website. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school, so you don't have to. I can't see your thumb. <laughs>